Hello and welcome to this episode of Ask the Therapist. It's lovely to have you here. My name's Sarah Reese, and today I'm interviewing Emma. Emma runs a local mental health project with a team of friends called ECBC. ECBC is working hard at reducing the stigma of mental health and increasing awareness, reducing the isolation and loneliness that mental health problems can often bring and they're doing this through creating community and connection by people sharing their stories on their blog. I was lucky enough to be asked by the project a few weeks ago to write a blog and today I'm very honoured to be able to interview Emma. So we're going to talk with Emma about her journey through depression through to setting up ECBC. She's going to be sharing lots of advice, tips and resources and will give you some information on how you can be part of ECBC. It's a really valuable podcast. Love talking with Emma. She's got a great energy about her. She's doing some great work. I'll share all her links in the show notes. So do go and check them out and and give Emma and ECBC some love. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, Emma. Welcome to Ask the Therapist. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Can you just introduce yourself and Mm -hmm. tell us a bit about you and what you do? Uh, So my name's Emma. Um, I run a, a mental health group called ECBC. Um, in the daytime, that's nighttime, but in the daytime, um, I work in education right. um, as a classroom assistant. Um, I'm based in Manchester and I've always been uh, in Manchester. Uh, so I'm always wanting to speak to people like you in and around Manchester that uh, are helping people living with mental illness. Fantastic. A wonderful thing you're doing. And can you <laughs> tell us about your journey and your experience that's got you to where you are today? And yeah, of course. Um, so it all started a couple of years ago. <clears throat> um, I trained to be a teacher. I yeah. was uh, living in London at the time um, and um, I started my teacher uh, qualification um, and then I got to the end of it, I moved um, to start my new job and then I found out that I was pregnant. Right. Um, I um, chose to terminate the pregnancy and from there it triggered depression and right. oh, I really struggled with depression uh, living in London. I wasn't near my family um, and I just felt very alone. Was that the first time you've ever had depression? Yes. Yes. Oh my uh, so it completely, that's why I know it was triggered because I'd never, ever yeah. struggled um, or uh, had dealt with a mental illness before. Did you know you had depression? Not at the time, no. Yeah. Um, at the time I knew I felt lonely mm-hmm. and um, I was in a relationship um, that wasn't really going as, as I wanted to. Um, so I just felt very low and I thought that was it. I thought it was because of the relationship. Yeah. So um, I moved back to Manchester and then got a new job, but then nothing was fixed. So I kind of was like, actually, I think there's something underlaying here. Um, so that's when I started going to a counsellor and right. I started to realise actually it was What depression. made you kind of make that decision to go to a counsellor? Um, I think mainly it was speaking to my mum. She said to me, I think something's not right here. Um, so the people around you notice the difference. Yes, Isn't definitely. Isn't it interesting that you were suffering so much? Mm-hmm. It was probably quite severe depression after what you've been through. Yeah. And you didn't realise. And I think that's I so many people's experience that they're struggling and, and it becomes your normal because it creates, yes. especially depression, yeah. the first ever time. Yeah, I think it is. Like this cloud around you. 
you've got this cloud of darkness and you can't really see a way out. You mm. can't really realise you're in that darkness. You just kind of just survive day by day um, until you feel lower and lower. And then I think it is sometimes, it does have to be either an event or someone just, he can say to you, are you okay? Like some, you don't seem like yourself. And I did, I, I shrunk into myself. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I stayed, I was living, I moved back home and I live with my mum and I lived, uh, she has like a loft conversion. I just stayed in that loft. I just did not want to see anyone. Um, it was it was awful and at the time I just thought it was because I just things hadn't gone to plan and that I was just dealing with a breakup yeah because life had just yeah really happened to you so there's lots of reasons for lots why, of reasons yeah. it was it was just a big um it just completely just destroyed like any um, enthusiasm I had or I just completely felt very very low and very isolated where I used to be quite a bubbly sociable person mm. uh, I was always at the parties I, I never wanted to go to parties I never wanted to talk to people um, mainly because I kind of started to realise that I was feeling a bit different and I didn't want them to see me like that mm. I didn't want them to know that things were wrong um, mainly because I saw that was weak I, I, in my head. I mean, really? part of me now just is shouting at myself because I know now that that wasn't the right thing for me to like think because you're not weak. But I did at the time. I was feeling very weak. Um, I thought, oh, I don't want people to realise that something's wrong because they'll think I'm just being an attention seeker or I just need to get on with it. Again, this British thing of just kind of just get on with yeah. it. Let's yeah. just, just get on with it and everything will be fine. And you never thought of going to GP at all? No. 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 Um, I don't know why, um, but again, I just, I think I just didn't see it as something that could be helped. I just kind of was like, I'm just going to get life. on with it. This is, this is, is life. Oh my this gosh. is what's going to be my life now, is I'm just going to feel rubbish for a bit. Right. And then it just kept happening and kept happening. I, th I think I thought one day it might get a bit better and that if I keep... Uh, buying certain clothes or uh, keep going to um, work and doing different things. I threw myself in my work because I was like, oh, that I'll just that will keep me going. Um, and that's it. One of the key things with depression is that you stop doing the things that would lift you your mood. It's exactly. You pulled away from friends. You stayed at home. Yeah. And you threw yourself into work. Yeah. Which work generally doesn't lift our mood <laughs> that much, does it? No, definitely not. No. no. But I really get that sense of, you know, that when <clears throat> we're feeling rubbish, yeah. we think, oh, we'll be rubbish to be around, so we won't put ourselves around our friends, but that's exactly what we need. Especially, exactly. you know, you've got a really good energy. I can see mm. that you're sociable and bubbly. Oh, you yeah. probably get so much from people. And oh, yeah. It was, if when people away. I did see me, they were like, what is what is up because they could tell instantly because I'm normally the first person I'm I have a presence yeah people have always do, said to me yeah. I walk into a room yeah. smile I'm like come on let's you know have a bit of a laugh yeah and it was just completely gone how was that for you when they said what's going on um I think I felt a bit scared all of a sudden because I was kind of like is it that obvious angry right. so I was like well you know why do, do you not like me now do I have to be smiley all the time to have friends yeah um and yeah, very confused, kind of like, well, okay, clearly something isn't right. Um, but it was also exhausting because you constantly, I then thought, right, well, I'm going to have to put a smile on because people start to realise something's wrong. Um, and I, I, I was constantly pretending that something, everything was fine. And that was just exhausting, really yeah. was. Yeah, gosh. And then when your mum said to you, mm. maybe you need some help, what, how was that for you? Um, 
I think at first I was a bit like, oh no, I'm fine. Like, uh, I don't really know what you're on about. Um, okay. but Did I, you know much about therapy or counselling? No, no, not at all. I'd never really been involved anything mental health. I knew, I knew mental illness existed. Um, did my, you have? Some, were you quite judgmental, or did yes. you have some negative views about? Oh, definitely, therapy? yes. Um, did you? Yeah, I had. Um, well, particularly about uh, seeking help and um, medication. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wasn't educated, so I just. Um, just, just didn't see how it would help you. No, um, and I, I just, I, I'd have friends in university who were struggling, mm. and I kind of thought, well, what's wrong with you? Just go out, you know, go out, go for a walk or something like that. It was, it was university is a tough time. I, think. I see oh, a lot definitely. of people the first year of university. Definitely, you would think because you're still a child. Oh yeah, and we expect them to move location. Yeah, move house. Yep. Start a new career or new, new people all new people yeah. i mean jesus it's so hard and like <laughs> it's, i, I yeah. do not get how like yeah there's not more um support for support, that yeah. especially again and yeah. i'd say first year and final year because you've got so used to a way of life yeah. now you've got to pack up your stuff you've got to go back home a lot of people go back home to live with their parents again so mm-hmm. they can find a job you're back living with your parents, sharing that space. That's probably the other time. So the, yeah. first, the most common times when I see people is the first year mm-hmm. and then they've left university. Every, yep. They feel like everybody else has got a job and I Exactly. And it's like, so hard to, to get do. a job. Oh, yes. And different. it is. It's so, you just feel absolutely rubbish. Mm. Um, and that was, I think I'd managed to avoid that because I then went to do my fourth year trained to be a teacher and I knew what right. I wanted to do. Right. So it was, I managed to avoid that. I think that's why I didn't have that slump. Yeah. But a lot of my friends did. Yeah, so you'd had, had it kind of happening around you, but it's yes. the first time happening for you. Definitely. What made you make that call to a counsellor? Um, I think I thought I owed it to myself. I kind of, there was, I had a lot of self-hatred going on inside myself. Yeah, very much so. I remember my first session, uh, my counsellor asked me, how did I feel? And I said, useless because oh, I just felt rubbish and I just felt like completely useless um and she's she then was like well this is it it's definitely self-hatred uh going on here you're hitting yourself with invisible sticks helpful um, when you're depressed exactly it? exactly no. um but I'm so glad I did I don't know at the time I don't know exactly what was going through my head but I just remember saying right okay maybe I should do this because I don't want to live like so this every day. despite that self-hatred, there was yeah. a part of you that had some care There was a tiny part that. of me that was like, you're better than, you know, you deserve yeah. happiness. Yes. Um, and yeah, I'm so glad I did. What was going to that first session like? Because I always think it's amazing how anybody comes to see me. I, just, I recently, um, in the last couple of weeks, started having therapy myself again. Mm. I'm so nervous going. It is, it's, it's, it is so, scary. Yeah, well, I think. Scared. I think you know. So you not s- everybody is. Some people come mm. with a real optimism and hope and like, I just want to get started with today. Yeah. But were you nervous? Yeah, very nervous. I'm very nervous because I think you're in a room and you're, with you, you're going to be talking about your thoughts, you're going to be talking about the dark stuff. Yeah. And I just felt, I was like, this is going to be hard to address mm. these problems. And again, a lot I think a lot of people living with mental illness, they don't quite want to address it. And I mm. think that's what I, I didn't want to. I was like, oh. Well, you're in pain anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's then getting that pain and looking at it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We you are. It's like staring at a mirror. Yes. And yeah. at the times that I just, I would cover my mirrors in my house because I didn't want to see really? myself because I knew that if I did, it was just, it was that way of just kind of going into yourself. And I thought this is going to be, 
hard because I'm gonna to have to start talking about how the things did you that feel about your about. therapist when you first walked in did you connect with her quite very quickly? much so did she you? was she was very nice how um, did you find her um it was online oh, I just right. I googled saying like local therapist near okay. me um and I found her and she um she was she very much reminded me of my mum and I oh, think that helped um because she was she would just sit and listen and did you get that sense from a picture online yes definitely because yeah, it can be definitely. tricky to mm-hmm. it's a little bit like online dating <laughs> i guess you don't know what you're gonna get it you? is it is hard and we know that for good therapy outcomes that connection with your therapist is, oh, yes. is the biggest predictor so if you don't click with your therapist yes the first couple of sessions then you need to shift so it's lovely it sounds like you walked in straight and away straight away made it so much easier yeah and i think what helped with her as well um is that she was very honest about her life and mm. how she'd come to be a counselor and what you know she said she had anxiety she um saw a counselor herself mm. um and it kind of was like okay it's not this perfect yeah person in yes, front of me yes. um it's someone that's a human being uh, it's a human <laughs> being who knows yeah. what it's like yeah so she she's been through it she can understand kind of i can relate to her mm. um and she was a parent herself um and she um very much yeah very much reminded me of my mum um yeah. and it was just kind of that comfort of just kind of i can sit in here it's a bit of a safe place mm. definitely at first i saw it as a bit of a like oh no i'm gonna have to go here and talk about things but i was able to go there and talk about things and just get things off my chest and it was it was a really nice safe place for me and how did you feel after sessions was it because you kind of said before that you were looking at the dark star mm-hmm. which some of us avoid so did yeah. it make you feel worse because i guess that would be a fear for some people yeah. that i'm going to talk about all the really tough stuff how am I going to feel afterwards I think at first I felt better after the sessions but I would still get a little bit of anxiety going to the next session Mm. at first I started seeing on a weekly basis um and so I was a little bit like oh um I felt good afterwards but then I then they come the next week I'm like oh gosh I'm gonna have to address this again um um but then eventually I started just always feeling very positive about it and I think one thing I definitely learned from it was um that because I always just kind of it, that was my safe place but I wasn't doing much in my day-to-day life to help right so she was really good at being like well this is what you can do everyday life because I'd kind of just keep it in me all week and then I'd get to the and then I'd just blah, 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 blah. it'd all come out and then I'd save it and all for next week it's an hour week. a week yeah, yeah. It's, tiny... it's not enough time so, so what I kind of things does she recommend self-care right definitely um a journal, um, things to get those negative thoughts out because I think that was my main area was the self hatred. Um, so she wanted me to every day to write three things I loved about myself. Yeah. Um, and that really helped. Was that hard initially? Yes, definitely. Going from self hatred. Oh yeah. To things I like about myself. Oh, it took about six months for oh, me to wow. actually write something down. Wow. And right, she, so you didn't leave the session and then start. No, 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 no. Yes. Oh no, everything's fine. Yeah, it was very much. I had counselling with her for a year and a half, and yeah. by the end of it, like I think it, it was just such a process of like, right, this is what we're going to do. This is what we want to achieve at the end goal. Uh, but yeah, it took about six months. It took six months for me to tell her about my termination. So, so it was it was a long despite time that that, mm-hmm. that huge connection you know one of the other things that we know as therapists is that some most of the time people come to therapy and they never say 
yeah. like the key thing. Exactly. Exactly. And this, you had a good relationship with her. You wanted the help. Mm-hmm. Gosh, how, where, what was that like when you told her? That was um, so great. It was, yeah, it was, it was a lot hard. of shame around that. Yes, one. definitely. That's what my self-hatred was from. Um, it was a lot of shame. Yeah. Um, and she definitely helped me um, kind of see it as, do you know what, it was something that I'd lived through. Yeah. And it, you know, it wasn't something to be ashamed about. Um, but yeah, it took six months. And, and then they when say it did, that uh, with, with shame, when mm. you put a light on shame, yeah. it kind of disappears. Did you feel that when you started to talk about definitely, it? Definitely, definitely. I think yeah. it's like addressing the elephant in the room, as they say. And for me, it had always been there um, because my family knew, but no one else knew. I didn't tell my best friends. I didn't tell anyone else. It was mainly just my mum and my dad that knew. Were they supportive? About very supportive. Right. I, I'm very lucky to have my family. They've yeah. always been supportive. They always encourage me mm. to this day to talk about my feelings. So it was just you beating yourself? Like? Yes, very much. Yeah. There was no one there. There was no one else telling me that wasn't good enough. It was me telling myself that wasn't good enough. Um, and what helped with my counsellor is that she also she also struggled with that. She had a lot of self-hatred growing up as well. Um, so we were able to relate mm. and just kind of talk about the days where, you know, you are still going to be, it's not going to go away. Mm. Um, but you then have a stronger inner voice to say, come on, let's push those feelings aside. This is what you're good at. Okay, maybe you've, you've done this wrong or you've having a bad day, but you can get through it. Yeah. Um, so she definitely helped me kind of build that voice up a bit stronger than the negative voice. For wow, sure. that's mm. amazing. Do you know what type of therapy she was doing? No, as far as I'm aware, um, it was just counselling, she right, told so kind me. kind of person-centred counselling. Very person-centred. Yeah, very reflective and yes. kind of holding a mirror up to you so you hear your thoughts reflected. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a CBT. As, as far as yeah. I'm aware, it was mainly, yeah, that self yeah, and that was right for your experience. What's your yeah. inner voice like now? Um, a lot more positive. Mm. It still can have those negative days. Yeah. Um, Are you aware of it, though? Definitely. Yeah. I think that's what helps, is yes. that I can hear it and yes. I address it now. So you've got awareness of mind. Yes. I think we're we're all can be quite critical and however mm-hmm. much work we do on ourselves and I've really done some work on myself <laughs> and then I hear myself being critical of myself but I hear it and I catch exactly. it and you can you can gently move it then can't exactly. you so you've built up a kind of what we'd say in compassion focused therapy is like a compassionate self that's yes. a, another narrative that's supporting and mm-hmm. and how we coach ourselves because we're with ourselves all the time, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, of course, yeah. So how we talk to ourselves and care and coach ourselves is mm-hmm. hugely important. And did Definitely. you have medication at all? I did. Uh, did not you? until I went to the counselling. Um, no, did I she think, recommend that? I think she, she did say, yeah. she said, go to your GP, because I told her I hadn't been to my GP at all. Mm. Um, and she said, it's probably be one of the steps to go to my GP, because then I can address it, how I'm feeling. Um, and yes, I, I went on um, antidepressants mm. and I, I wrote a blog a couple of um, months ago about antidepressants because they are seen, as, as I believed at the time, they are seen as a, a, a kind of a weak way out, I think, to some people. Mm. Um, 
but as I see it, if you know, you would accept medication if you'd broken your leg. Yes, for any other illness. Exactly. And I, you know, I do think there's a holistic approach needs to be taken, but sometimes we need medication, Mm -hmm. don't we? Not everybody. It's not right for everybody. Exactly. I do think there's other ways, but Mm -hmm. I think you know it plays an important role. It can be kind of hit and miss. So lots of people try antidepressants and have to try different ones, or it can increase anxiety. Not for everybody. I've worked with many people that Mm -hmm. have found them so helpful, and I think. When you've been depressed for so long, yeah. you're talking a year, I think, you know, the chemicals have shifted in your brain sometimes. Exactly. And you can, that extra help to kind of get things right. Exactly. And it sounds like it's an important part of your journey. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, it as, as you said, there were some flat side effects. I did yeah. my, that's where my anxiety came into it. So I was yeah. no longer feeling low, but I was quite cautious a lot more cautious and um did start developing social anxiety i mean i had it partly before but i think it was more kind of the focus then became on anxiety which is why i kept seeing my counselor and we worked on that as well um which really helped um but yeah i definitely think the side effect was that yeah it was uh, anxiety which is why it's not always right for everyone yeah um, yeah. But I was able to acknowledge that that was happening. Yes, yeah, yeah. But um, was your GP good? Yes, thankfully, yeah. yes. Um, it was hard at first to go in because I just felt, oh gosh, like um, it's this is going to be a bit of a struggle. I mean, the first time I went, um, I did see a very helpful doctor. Mm. The second time I went to go see if I could be put up a dosage because of the anxiety at side yeah. effects. Um, and I unfortunately did have a doctor who was asking me first if I had a boyfriend, if I went out enough times, just kind of things that I was like, this is not what it's about. If I, I you know, I'm, I'm not upset because I'm single. Um, oh, right. I'm upset because <laughs> I've got depression. Um, so unfortunately that was a little bit of a negative experience, mm. um, but it didn't put me off going back to the doctor, thankfully. Yeah. Um, I just think it depends on the doctor very much. There's some really positive uh, doctors that will help you yes uh, make sure you've been recommended for therapy yeah um but yeah but i suppose like in every area mm-hmm. it's a mixed bag isn't Definitely. it so if you get have a bad experience although it's tough to get there in the first place and then if yeah. you have a bad experience it, it can put you off really tough but yeah you know there are really supportive gps out there aren't mm-hmm. they definitely going back can you sum up what was most helpful for you? That might be tricky. <laughs> um, thinking about it, definitely um, the day-to-day self-therapy I could do, I yeah. think. I mean, I'm a huge advocate for journaling and mm-hmm. and I've just done a little post about um, therapy journaling. Yes, I saw well. it. Yes, yeah. yes, Did definitely. You, because I just think that hour a week, you're getting all that information. Yeah. And it's like, at the moment, I'm like a volcano when I go to see my therapist. <laughs> I'm like, talk yeah. non-stop. I have a sore throat. I think her ears are bleeding. <laughs> but, um, so I'm doing a, a therapy journal at the moment and it just feels like a way of kind of having... A yep. little bit of support in between sessions that you always have your journal there. Yes. You have What did you think of journaling? Um, like? At first, I did struggle um, writing everything down and sitting there and dedicating that time to myself. Um, so it was kind of giving yourself that kind of self care was tough. Yes. So the very act of journaling is yeah. part of doing something different, isn't mm-hmm. it? Giving, investing time in you. Exactly. And I think I did find it hard again because. Um, it was, I don't know, I just think I just struggled again 
addressing it. I think my day-to-day life, I like to kind of block it out. Avoid. And avoid it. Yeah. And if I was going to sit down and dedicate my time to it, yeah. just me. So I think when I was in the office with the counsellor, it was a lot easier to then kind of invest because there's someone there to talk to. Yes. But when it was just me, it was a bit harder because it was kind of a bit of more, more of a push to yes. do it. Um, so, and that's an interesting block, isn't it? That there's yeah. going to be avoidance to caring for yourself. But mm-hmm. if you're going to do something different, it's going to be harder. Exactly. So you push through that and spend exactly. that time. Yes, Um, but I definitely feel from the counselling it was so helpful to just think of different ideas. Um, She also recommended a few books to read um, and also there's a company called The Blurt Foundation. Um, I absolutely love them. Um, And just reading their books, uh, Jane Hardy wrote a book about self-care and I just sat down and read that and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I need to do. Um, Do you think your your self-care not been that great before? No, not really. I think... One thing Jane Hardy talks about in her book is that she didn't used to brush her teeth, mm. and then she now has to. She went to the, she had to go to the dentist because her teeth had rot. Oh, um, and that's one thing I struggle with as well. Mm. Even day to day is um, just basic self care, mm. and I think that comes with depression as well. Like you don't yes, feel like you want to shower. You don't want to look after yourself because you, you don't think like yourself exactly. Why would you? Um, yeah. So that was the one thing I really struggled with. So just going back to that basic self-care, eating breakfast. I never used to eat breakfast. Mm. I still now struggle a little bit. Um, but that was another thing. It took a year for me to address the fact that um, I wasn't eating properly. Mm. And because I didn't I didn't think, I didn't value myself highly enough to that I need so to really feel myself. It back to basics. Exactly. Sometimes when we're ill, we kind of want the big fix or some yeah. magic wand and actually doing small basics, day-to-day things. Just those little really things really helped. I started waking up, um, I started going for walks, I started going running um, and just things like that, a simple thing of just going for a jog mm. just really helped. Um, so counselling was just a kind of just a window through to that. Yeah. It was just it was allowing me to see, okay, these are the things, small things I can do in my life. It's not going to be a big thing, but a small thing, and eventually it will start to pay off. Yeah. And it did. Fantastic. Mm. And it's sticking with it, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And it is, I think it's allowing yourself to have blips as well, because there was sometimes, um, especially during winter, like this winter, I haven't been running that much. Mm. And sometimes I do see myself skipping breakfast, mm. but it's I acknowledge it. Yeah, you're and I think it's just kind of going, right, okay, I haven't done this. Maybe I should do this this weekend to help and yeah. it's just having that uh, yeah. self-awareness yeah fantastic and then you see me <laughs> say tell us how that started oh well um so I was midway through um uh, my counseling so it had been about six months um and um my counselor recommended maybe going doing a bit more hobbies doing mm. something in my spare time <clears throat> to kind of get out there uh, develop uh, help with my social anxiety um, so I went on, there's an app called Meetup. Oh, yeah. And I saw if there was any groups locally, kind of mental health focused. Yeah. Um, and there really wasn't at the time. So I thought, right, okay, should I maybe start one? And I thought at the time, I was like, oh, no, actually, that's a big thing. Um, and It is, if you've got social anxiety. Exactly, exactly. I was like, that's going to be. And I was like, oh, no, never mind. So I left it a couple of weeks. And then I found myself, I had like, a, I think it was two glasses of wine. Um, and it just gave me a bit of encouragement. Yeah. I thought, do you know what, I'm going to do this. So I started a group 
I went on Facebook, I invited all my friends to it. Uh, like I made a Facebook group. People I haven't spoken to in about 10 years. Um, and was just like, this is what I'm going to do. Who's in? Wow. Um, and so I don't know where it came from at all, but that what tells me that I still had a little bit, you know, of yeah. an ambition in me. Um, I wasn't ready to give up. Um, and from there, um, my best friend Jodie, um, I'd known her since school, and she uh, had also opened up to me about how she was struggling with her anxiety. Um, we talked about it for ages, and then we thought, well, I was like, why don't you get involved? Why don't we start something? Because she works in PR. Oh, wow. And she's an excellent writer, and I was like, come on, I need you. Yes. <laughs> Help me out, because I've got no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so we set up the website, um, Jodie helped me start all the social media, um, she started uh, helping me kind of like, right, this is what we can do. Um, and kind of helped me kind of see it more as something, not me, just um, just me. Yeah. It was more of a, let's make an organisation, let's do something here. Uh, she wrote, uh, she re continues to write the blogs as well. Um, and just really kind of got it up and going, kind of, she was sat me down, she was like, what do you want from this? Mm. And I was like, I've got no idea, Jodie, but I want to do something to help other people. Who are, who are like us um and from there it just we got jen involved who's also our friend and jen writes for us as well and the three of us now uh run it together and it's just become this massive <laughs> massive thing i never would have ever thought would come out oh, of just wow. me just making a facebook group that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like community is community has been really important for you mm -hmm. can you tell us about what it's given you because that's kind of what ecbc does isn't it definitely <clears throat> i have always i think the first time i read someone else's blog before i yeah. even started my own and they'd written about how they were feeling what they'd gone through and i was like oh my god this is me mm, that's powerful isn't it and it was just the actual thought that someone had shared how they were feeling they were very brave and doing that but actually had a massive impact mm. and i thought well, what if i do that I could share what I've been through, even though it's hard. Yeah. Um, I could do that and then something could come from that. And then I, I went on Twitter and I just, I think we started um, just building up our little organisation. Yeah. And the mental health community was just massive on Twitter. Mm. Absolutely massive. Um, and that's how um, I really have got most of my blogs out of mm. because I've, I've talked to other people. There's lots of mental health advocates on Twitter mm. um, who have been willing to share their story as well. Yeah. And I thought, actually, this is really great because I've only been through living with depression and anxiety. There are so many mental illnesses out there mm. and there's not a lot of, um, I think we're talking quite a lot about anxiety and depression at the moment, but not always talking about the other ones. Yeah. So I thought, let's give it if someone else a voice. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, I'm just going to use this platform. It's not just about me. Mm. It's about the community and it's about um, talking about the range of mental health issues there are out there um, and what comes with it and the different types of advice you can give as well. Yes. Again, like your blog last week about... Um, therapy and going into about that and how therapists have therapy as well yeah that's just amazing that actually we've used our platform to show that and then people yes. now can see that and go oh yeah brilliant yeah. um community is just it's just a massive part of getting things done mm. and i've got so many ideas Hell but yeah. none of it would be ever be possible without making the connections yes. and talking to other people because if we all come together we can all achieve just amazing yes, things. Absolutely. And just from making that Twitter account already, I've done so much. Again, I've been on other podcasts. Um, they've written for me. 
Um, it's just so much has come from it, like from events as well. Um, events at the moment, we did start, when I first started out, I did a walk and talk every month. Mm. Um, but there was not always a massive inflow of people. And I understand why, because you've got social anxiety, it's hard yes. to go to an event. Yeah, um, so I kind of was like, well, I'm gonna put a halt on that for now and okay. focus uh, on the blog and what we can do through that. Um, but that itself got a lot of people. Have you got any events coming up or anything? Are you mainly focusing on the blog? I'm hoping to bring up the walk and talk again yeah. uh, and do it in summer when it's nicer weather. Yeah. And just see if after a bit of time. Is Bryony Gordon, have you heard of her? Yes, she does oh, I love Bryony Gordon. Uh, yes, she's yeah. good. She does the book Mad Girl, which yes. is very good, isn't yes. it? And she, what are her walking groups called? Meet and Mental Health. Yes, oh, I can't Walks remember now. Yeah, or something. Oh, yes, yeah. just things like that, getting people out of the house, and a lot more now. I've seen a lot more people doing it. It's happening, isn't it? Yeah, there's um, a, an organization as well who I've met through it as well called Talk About It, mate. Yeah, and um, the uh, creator Mike, he um, does like local workshops, but he also does again, like a walk and talk, gets people out going for a coffee. Yeah, and I went to one of them, and it was just lovely. We're all just sat in a cafe, just chatting about you know how we're getting on. Well, actually, I'm struggling a little bit at the moment. Moment. Mm. okay like how are you feeling it was just it was just really nice mm. and I think if we do more things like that um and start if because at the moment I know our NHS is struggling so it's really struggling it's struggling it's so much crisis, exactly it? it's just left it's being left yeah. to rot and if at the moment we haven't got that support which I know with the waiting uh, lengths and stuff like that, we don't really at the moment. Mm. Let's use what we have got and let's help each other out. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to push EUCBC even more. That's at the moment. I, hopefully, in the next couple of years or so, I want it to be um, an alternative option for people, like a community centre mm. that people can come to. Um, they can talk there. They can do hobbies, activities. Um because at the moment we're just not getting the support from NHS no, and I understand no, why because yeah. there's no funding yeah. um, but I think at the moment we do need to do more in our community mm. to help and support each other because we haven't got that And that lots NHS. of things in the NHS are kind of not so much group focused, they're mm-hmm. kind of individual therapy exactly. and I think there's a lot more power in, Definitely. especially with mental health thinking, Definitely. oh my god you're going through, because it, like you talk about on your website that mm. you want to break down the isolation of it Definitely. you do feel like the only person in the world going mm-hmm. through it, don't you? So, exactly Exactly. Is it going to be that mental health is transformed by the power of kind of sharing our stories, putting down our social masks of everything's yeah. fine, and kind of I really coming hope together? So, yeah. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Mm, definitely. Free. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's a way of um, just promoting that, do you know what, it's okay. Just You don't have to always uh, organise counselling. You don't have to go to therapy. It could just be just sat in a cafe, chatting mm. to someone person, saying, actually, I'm not feeling good right now. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. something simple as that. So it sounds like you're quite open to people writing blogs, if there's Definitely. somebody listening that has Definitely. a story. And it's, mm-hmm. I've written a couple of blogs about kind of my journey and mm. my experiences and stuff. It's so scary to do. Oh, definitely, yeah. it yes. feels like you're putting it out to a brick wall and who's mm. going to read it or you imagine that people are going to be critical and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's probably the one thing that I've done that I've had a lo- loads of positive feedback for. Yes, definitely. The more vulnerable we are and we share our story, we really, really connect up with people mm-hmm. and it's really... 
you won't always know that yeah. you've helped people but I can assure you, you absolutely will by sharing stories so well it's getting that first message yeah. I think I, I shared um, a blog about a year and a half ago yeah. and I was quite honest about feeling suicidal right. even after having counselling and stuff like that it was a bit of it was I think it was a year after I'd had my termination I felt just very low um, and just afterwards just the messages that came in from people you just wouldn't expect just saying thank you for sharing yeah. this you know I have read it and at first I was like oh no I don't want people what to what was thinking. it like putting that out terrifying absolutely terrifying what was the what were you scared of um just people again saying that I was doing it for attention that's always in my head is that yeah. everything I do is again it's that self-loathing because no one's ever said that to me no. I'm just saying it to myself and I think it's that putting it out there on social media yeah kind of you are exposing yourself exactly ready for and negative it, comments yes. perhaps yeah yeah, it was it was it was very scary, but I to this day I've still never had any negative comments about it. Yeah. Um and it was hard to write, it's hard to put out there, but the comments I had from people being like, Oh my god, I've been through this too or I had this, um and I've struggled with this, um, thank you very much for sharing that. Uh, recently I did just um about I just did an Instagram post about how I was feeling low over Christmas mm. and the amount of messages I got from that saying actually I'm feeling really low as well, mm. like around this time of year. Um, it's just for me so far it's been worth it it's been worth yeah. putting out there how I'm feeling because I've only got positive feedback back from people saying thank you for helping me oh and has that been helpful for you definitely I yeah. think that's part of it I think that's part of your therapy it's yes. being open about it being able to talk to other people about it yes. is, is just so massive yeah massive feeling I think if somebody comes to me and says nobody knows this is the first time I've talked about mm. it part of me will kind of register I need to get them talking to other people and yes. I fear sometimes that I every single time I suppose mm. there is all that always that possibility of negativity but more often than not when people start sharing their struggles other people go me too me too well yeah not my me too <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I've been through that as well and yeah. people can't believe it uh -huh. so there's something about keeping it locked down and secret that mm -hmm. almost powers mental health problems yeah. doesn't it exactly it's and the actually, shame yeah it's yeah. the shame that's causing all the suicides it's not the actual mental illness it's the mm. shame that comes with it it's horrible yeah gosh what kept you safe when you were really feeling at your feeling um, suicidal? What kept me was just my family. I think yeah. I was on a very, very um, low day. And I did, I went out to uh, Old Edge Edge mm. um, and I was I was very tempted to throw myself off it. And I didn't because I got a text from my boyfriend and I looked at it and I was just like, I want to, I want to ask for help for him. Mm. Um, and it was very hard to admit that. And at first I never told anyone about that. I said I had a panic attack and I, I drove myself to A&E afterwards and was like, I think I'm going to take my own life. I need help. Mm. And they were amazing. They were really amazing. They helped me out. But I didn't tell anyone for about three months that actually it wasn't a panic attack. It was something worse. Um, and that's what I wrote up in that, uh, that blog post that got right. so much about it. Because again, especially I hadn't told, even told my family, my mum read it and she was like, why didn't you tell me? And I was like, because I didn't really want to. Um, in my head again I saw it as shame I was shamed that I'd got that low um, but yeah it's 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 very hard for a lot of people um, because I think they are they do see it they see it's that they're weak if something's not right and they're ashamed what would you say to that that they're not weak and I'd hope to think that one day they're not ashamed of how they feel 
Um, and that it's the human. Yes, and it's really, really tough. Isn't yeah, it? life is really, really tough. Oh yeah, it's so. Kind. And I think that that moment passed, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Definitely. States and really tough emotional states are not fixed states. No can move them forward and connection is a huge part of recovery yeah of course i truly believe that and obviously you really do as well Mm -hmm. just tell somebody if you feel that low yes you know yeah get it off your chest absolutely um so if if there was anything you could do differently if you could go back in time Mm -hmm. and speak to that version of you that was kind of really low what would you say to her what you know. Um, I'd say that she needs to start loving herself a bit more. Yeah. And I know that's easier said than done. Yeah. Which is probably I would say back to myself. Um but yes, I think I need to be kinder to myself. Mm. I'd say, you know, no one's saying these awful things but you. Yeah. You're saying it to yourself. And I bet you wouldn't have said it to anybody else. Exactly, which was a key part of my counselling is that um my counsellor would say would you say any of that to your friends? Yeah. I'd say no, definitely not. And especially not at their lowest point. Exactly. So if we just treat ourselves like we would, the mm-hmm. basic respect that we would give anybody else, that's going to be good for your well-being, <laughs> isn't it? Definitely, that's, yeah. yeah. And if somebody was considering therapy, what would you advise them? Because, you know, people listening to your journey and your story and mm-hmm. how helpful therapies been for you if they were starting to consider it now and thinking maybe maybe uh, I would say definitely consider it mm. um, I know it's hard I know that first step is the biggest step yeah is contacting that counsellor making an appointment um but the actual um long-term support is just amazing yeah I would also tell them that counselling's not going to be a quick fix mm. um but it will help and um, it's your first step to helping yourself and yeah. showing that you love yourself because if you're seeking help, then that's a way to come back from how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, and you may feel very low, but you will get there. Yeah, fantastic. And it sounds like you read quite a few books and stuff. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if there's something people could go out and look at, obviously go go to your ECBC. Yeah. What does it stand for, by the way? Um, I think at first I was going to do a book club so oh, it was right. going to be Emma Collicott's book club. Oh, right. Um, because that's what in my head I was like, oh, that's a kind of a nice thing to do community way. Yeah. And then kind of focus on mental health book clubs. Oh, good. Um, and the books out there. Um, and then it just developed more and more. Yeah. Um, and so I've just kind of just stuck with it, stuck with the it name. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a lot of people just say, like, and a lot of people ask me, and I'm like, I'm not really sure, really. And though it doesn't really stand for anything, it's just it's just there. <laughs> Fantastic. So that people can come to your website. Yes. And are there any other kind of resources or books that you would um, recommend? Definitely the Blurt Foundation website, mm. for sure. Um, there's also um, Jane Hardy's, she's got free books now. Um, that I would definitely recommend reading okay, all about those, self-care actually. oh they're amazing right. they're amazing one's a journal a self-care oh, journal um, another one's all about self-care oh. I think this one is all about kind of coming back from um, a kind of a dark place yeah um, I would say um, as well uh, joining Twitter mm. I know that's um, it can sometimes be hard social media but there are lots of mental health advocates mm. on Twitter that share day-to-day their struggles 
and people comment on it and they help each other out and it's just such a lovely community. Uh, what I like about it is that there's a lovely mix of professionals and exactly. people with experience. Exactly. That I can contact just so many professionals from mm-hmm. all over the world and ask little questions, like clinical yeah. questions or stuff <laughs> and it's just brilliant and that's how I've met, met you obviously yeah, and, and Daniel Dale, we should shout out to his podcast which is called Know Yourself as well because that's yes. kind of how we got, one of the ways we got exactly. to know each other. Exactly, well that's the out. thing about community as well isn't it, it's yes. just making those connections yeah and the first time I properly spoke about um what I'd been through was on Dan's podcast wow. because I hadn't really properly spoken I've written about it but yeah. I'd never really out loud spoken about it properly yeah. so it's a massive thing and like definitely yeah give it a listen yeah I'll share that podcast and, and the episode you did with Dan and the last question that I always ask everybody is if mm-hmm. you could kind of go back to your 15 year old self what would you say to her um well, I was probably doing my GCSEs, <laughs> so I was probably a little bit stressed. Yeah. Um, I definitely say, um, stop trying to be someone that you think people will like. Be yourself, because mm. yeah. you just you do you put on this fake facade. I'm going to do this because people like this, or oh, okay, like if I do this, that gets people to like me. And actually, no, just be yourself. Um, authentic self exactly and I think just again love yourself a little bit more I think I've never really fully loved myself Mm -hmm. so I think love yourself get a little bit self uh, kindness in there um but yes definitely stop trying to be what you think other people want you to be Mm -hmm. and just be yourself and love yourself Oh, that is a lovely message, really nice. Thank you so much. And if people wanted to follow you or get involved and hopefully do some blog posts, let's get everybody writing. <laughs> what, what do they need to do or how, how best to follow you? Um, so we have both Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's ECBC Manchester. And also our website is uh, www.ecbcmanchester.com. Uh, but definitely on the social medias, uh, I'm always I'm always on my phone. Um, so <laughs> drop us a message, um, and if anyone wants to share their story, that'd be fantastic. Brilliant! I've loved this episode. Thank you so much for coming on, Emma. Thank you, Sarah. And speak to you again soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.